1: Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 276
2: of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from medical practice. Our topic today is fitness for busy family caregivers. Family caregivers too often are so busy and so hard-pressed that they experience physical, psychological and financial challenges, especially when they're caring for family members with serious or medically incurable illnesses. So who are they, these family caregivers? Well, they may be adults in their prime or young teenagers or even children or they may be retirees or seniors, or they may be persons who live with health challenges of their own and who are also caring for their aged parents, or for their children, or for their children's children. Family caregivers caring for family members with serious or medically incurable illnesses may get to the stage when they themselves need care because they are they're physically, psychologically and financially exhausted, which is why our topic, Fitness for Busy Family Caregivers, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Alicia Jones. Now, Alicia is the proud owner of Destination Fit. This is a mobile personal training company that makes fitness convenient for everyone. She and her team of trainers go to family caregivers in their own homes or to their offices or to visit them in a studio. Throughout her eight years of experience, she remains committed to helping her clients reach their specific goals, such as weight loss, improved overall health, increased energy or increased self-esteem. She tailors health and fitness plans that take into consideration the family caregiver's lifestyle. Now, Alicia's expert credentials include specialized honors in kinesiology and international development from York University, national coach of Canada certification, CanFit Pro, YMCA Personal Training Specialist, Yoga Fit Instructor, and Advanced Sport Nutrition. She continues to take courses at York University to ensure that she brings her clientele the most up-to-date health information available. So, welcome to the show, Alicia.
3: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited.
2: (laughs) Great. Now, my first question for you. Please tell us more about your life, your career, and your experience with family caregiving.
3: Okay, so Uh, first off, this subject is actually really dear to me because uh, growing up in my family, my mother was actually a family caregiver. So my grandmother had cardiovascular disease and emphysema. She used to be a smoker and so she was bedridden for a lot of years and my mother had to take care of both her and she was a single mother to myself and my brother. So I got to see firsthand what it was like for her to be a family caregiver and I saw how difficult it was for her to find time for herself and um she, she always had to find different options if she wanted to leave us or, or to leave my grandmother. And it was always very difficult to, for her to find time for herself. So I got to see that firsthand, and I know how difficult that can be for a lot of people in this situation. Um, As for myself, I didn't actually start exercising until I was about 19. And it was mostly, to be quite honest, it was aesthetics at the time. I wanted to lose weight, and I felt really unhealthy. And so I got into it then, and I absolutely hated it at first until um, I met other people in the industry that taught me that You know, it didn't have to be hard, and you didn't have to kill yourself at first, and you can find it enjoyable. And from that, I gained a passion for it, and I've been teaching it ever since.
2: Great, great linkage, isn't it? Back to your own experience um, and the sense that you began it for particular purposes, and then... It became part of your life, your passion. Very, yeah. very important story. I think, I
3: think it really depends on who is teaching you the fitness as well and the health. Because if you get somebody that is just trying to work you as hard as you can possibly work and you're not enjoying it, then you're never going to continue doing it. You have to find some sort of enjoyment in it and some sort of release from stress and from tension. And if you can't find that, then you will never keep on going. Like you will never continue.
2: Right. Now, that takes me to my next question. Please tell us about your work, your continuing work as an expert in personal fitness.
3: Okay, so I've been in the industry, as you mentioned, actually, for eight years. Um, And right now, I own a personal training company, Destination Fit the main purpose of Destination Fit is to make everybody healthy. No matter what the lifestyle is, we can get everybody involved in health. And uh, we, we do this by providing balanced lifestyle programs, really empathizing with each individual, so understanding, especially with caregivers, that uh, the schedule is going to be very difficult, so accommodating schedules, and connecting with each individual. And so um, it's, it, in all of my years of health, it's always been about providing every single person with the tools that they need in order to um, to make health and fitness a part of their life. So program design, um, teaching workouts, uh, motivating individuals for workouts, providing nutrition plans, um, and... Yeah, so that, that's my basic history um, of what I was done. I used to work at the YMCA, and it was very community-based. And um, from there, I worked with various other fitness facilities. And um, now I specifically work with women most of the time, and they are caregivers as well, usually of small children or of a parent that's ill. And so um, I work with them to find, hopefully... Uh, a solution um, to their busy lifestyle and having fitness involved in that as well.
2: Now, am I right in saying that, back to you that you adjust the services you give to fit the schedules, the workloads, the, the, the way in which the family caregivers have to organize their lives? You fit in with them. Is that right?
3: Yes, I fit in completely with them and I think a lot of the family caregivers in the past have had issues sticking with fitness and health programs because they're they're finding cookie cutter programs. So they download things on the internet or they go to a gym and they have a fitness class and um, it just doesn't work in the long run for them because they just don't have the time to do the same things that let's say an average general individual that has time for themselves can do. And so I do not provide cookie cutter programs. I spend specify each program to every single individual person's lifestyle needs. So if you are finding it very difficult to find time to go to a gym, like it takes half an hour to go to a gym, an hour in the gym and half an hour to go home, that's two to three hours of your time. And you just don't have that because you have somebody waiting at home for you that you need to be taking care of on an ongoing basis. Then what I do is I come to you and you no longer need to worry about that. And if you don't have the time all the time and you cannot get to a specific Monday Wednesday class then you have a flexible schedule as well with me Uh, you can work anytime anywhere that you really need
2: now that leads me directly into the next question which is what is it um, that leads hard pressed busy family caregivers caring for family members in the way that you've described Mm -hmm. to turn to you for your help with their personal fitness, what are the things that bring them to you, the challenges? Alicia?
3: So in many cases, many of the family caregivers have already tried a million different ways to lose weight, to increase their energy or simply get healthy, and every single time it hasn't worked. And so by the time they come to me, they are very tired of what they believe has been failures, and I think it's just because it hasn't been something that's fit their life because they have this unique lifestyle. And so um they're just so tired of failing and they're desperate to make it work, to to find a healthy lifestyle, um in a way that will fit them for the rest of their lives and not just get on the wagon for a few months, um, be healthy, do this extreme diet. They don't have the time to do it. They fall off the wagon. They're taking care of somebody. They're getting more stressed, so they eat more and then it becomes this vicious cycle where they're doing this over and over again and they want that cycle to stop. And so what they want from me is they want motivation. They want to have a flexible plan that will work for their lifestyle. And they want me to start to teach them behavior management skills so that they're able to do this on an ongoing basis and they're not going to fall off the wagon again. And if they do, I'm their support system so they know that they have somebody there they can talk to about that and then they can get back on to being healthy again.
2: Now, you you say talking to them. Mm -hmm. Am I right in saying that when somebody first comes to see you or you know you're first connecting with somebody who wants your services right. you will actually go into s- certain amount of detail about the challenges they face about what it is they're looking for the kind of help the kind of regime that they're looking for is that right
3: yes so when i first meet with everybody it's a complimentary consultation so immediately i go to your house once we set up the appointment and It takes about an hour to an hour and a half on that first free consultation in order for me just to get in-depth questionnaire with you and information from you on what your exact lifestyle is at the moment, what your background is, so your psychological and physical health at that time. Um, what your circumstances are, what your hours are like. So if you have somebody you're caring for in the home and that's why you can't leave, um, what has prompted you to come to me and what your past situation uh, was like in fitness and health. And we just sit down and I really get to know you because I cannot make something for you if I don't know who you are and what you need from me. And so once we've done that, we do um, a fitness test as well and we We create goals for you and figure out how long that will take, and and we start your healthy journey.
2: Now, very, very quickly, you presumably are monitoring their progress um, from visit to visit. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And does that lead you to give them feedback of a kind that says, yes, you're doing okay, or maybe we need to work a little bit harder? Is that right, too?
3: Yes, um, but when it comes to to physical goals, like let's say quantitative goals where you're measuring your, your weight or your waist size, so all of the things that are number related, um, they may not be the reason why an individual needs to work harder. So if, for example, you're not losing weight, I'm not going to say let's work harder in the gym unless I think – that it's something that you need to be doing. Like, I won't give you more exercise that's harder unless that's actually what you need. It may be a simple fact that there's a behavior going on, such as when you're stressed out, you eat more, that needs to be addressed before more exercise is given. Does that make sense? Right.
2: Yes, it does. Yeah. And And now we're going to do what I always say, and that is take the short break to pay the rent, but we're <laughs> going to come back to various of these issues that you've been talking about and, and probe them in more detail. Now, let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Alicia Jones. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com
4: time here on voiceamerica.com.
0: How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love.
1: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Alicia Jones. Our topic is fitness for busy family caregivers. Now, let's talk about the fitness-related challenges experienced by the busy and hard-pressed family caregivers you see who are caring for family members, various, various types of family members. Um, so let me ask you first, what are the most challenging of the challenges that Unfitness creates for the family caregivers who are still in school or who are adults in their prime, and who also have jobs. Alicia?
3: So, basically, when, when you have individuals that are not doing any sort of fitness, and then you give them something like school or work full-time, as we all know, that is incredibly stressful. And it increases our chances of getting depression, of getting anxiety, and of increasing our stress in general. And then on top of that, you're adding an, a, another stress, a huge stress, which is taking care of somebody that needs us all the time and we worry on a constant basis, Um, we we have to be there and be attentive at all times for this individual that takes away from any time we have for ourselves. We become isolated a lot of times and so we have this increased stress. So, with the two sides being very stressful and very difficult, uh, we do increase our levels and our chances of getting depression, of getting anxiety and of getting stress. And you think that that is just a mood in itself, but it's not because what's happening inside of our body are somatic reactions, so body reactions. So what ends up happening is we have increased heart rate. We have muscle tension. So those really sore, stressful muscles that I know we've all had, especially up in our neck and our shoulders. Um, Also, we get higher blood pressure. So all these things are occurring inside of our body. And so when people are unfit, and they're taking care of somebody and working at the same time, you have an increased level in, in, in these stresses and issues that are then causing health issues for you. And you are not going to be healthy, and therefore, how are you going to take care of somebody else when you yourself are not healthy?
2: And I suppose that comes back to a very simple point that I'm going to put to you, and that is that if you're not in good form yourself, you really are not able to fulfill the kind of duty that you feel you have. And would it be right then to say that people become guilty about their own performance when they are not well enough or fit enough to provide the family caregiving, which they know is needed. Is that right? That
3: is correct, and it becomes a vicious cycle. So you feel more guilty, so you feel more stressed, you feel more depressed, uh, and then on top of it, you can't take care of the person even more, so then you feel even more guilty, and it's this constant cycle. And it's wreaking havoc not only on your mental health but also on your physical health on things that are occurring inside of you
2: right now the next question then is this what are the most challenging of the challenges that physical unfitness creates for the family caregivers who are themselves seniors or who live with health challenges of their own what are those challenges Lisha?
3: so what when you are of an older age yourself then you have an increased chance of osteoporosis. That increases when you're not doing exercise, specifically when you're not doing weights or resistance exercise, because that increases the bone density that we have. So... You're increasing your chances of osteoporosis. Then on top of that, because you're, you're sitting sedentary a lot or just taking care of this individual that you need to take care of, you're, you're decreasing your flexibility and you're decreasing something called proprioception, which is your awareness of where you are in space and time, which basically means that you fall over easy, easily. Like you, you have less balance, and so when that happens, so you have osteoporosis, you have less flexibility, and then all of a sudden you fall a lot easier. Your chances of falling and breaking something are a lot higher. And when that happens in older adults that have um, that that basically have osteoporosis, then what ends up happening is you're going to break something or hurt yourself, and your chances of recovering from that are really. It's not that they're low. You're still going to recover, but at a slower rate. And so you yourself will need a caregiver. You will no longer be able to take care of somebody else because you will need to be taking care of yourself. And so it becomes very difficult. It's a it's a really difficult situation. So right. you lose your quality of life and you and you lose your independence. And at the same time, you lose the ability to be able to take care of somebody else.
2: Right. Now, I just want you to, do you want to say a quick word about osteoporosis and what it is?
3: You, so osteoporosis is basically your, your bones become brittle. So um, you no longer have strong, healthy bones. It's almost as though, um, have you ever, have you seen a sponge? You know, a sponge that looks like it has a whole bunch of holes in it? A dry yeah. sponge, it's like that, but then just pretend it's made out of glass. So it's, it's this, your bone is no longer one solid, unified uh, bone. It's, it's now a spongy, porous-looking bone that's brittle and breaks very easily. And so when it breaks, it, you cannot repair from it in the same way as a healthy bone can repair.
2: Right. Now, I just want to add something else to what you said, and that is this. You mentioned the increased propensity for falls. Mm-hmm. As, you, as we all know, falls in seniors particularly are a major problem. Um, mm-hmm. They have a problem for family caregivers who are themselves seniors, and they're a problem for the very people that the family caregivers are looking after. And so I just want to get you to reinforce your message, if that's what you're willing to do, Mm -hmm. about the importance of this physical fitness and this fitness that you're doing as a means of falls prevention. Am I right in reading it back to you in that way?
3: Yes, yes. So basically, okay, the great news is um, that for seniors, uh, one, you can actually increase your bone density by doing weight and resistance training. So there are more and more studies that are coming out. It was thought of before that as you got older, that you could no longer increase the density of your bone. It was almost as like we get to a certain age and then we're living on whatever fuel we have. That's it. But it's actually not the case. They've there was a recent study that we actually studied in university that showed that by stomping your feet on the ground 25 times, then you can increase your bone density. You don't need to do anything else but that. Stomp on the ground 25 times. So by increasing your bone density, seniors are reducing the chances that they're going to break something. And then on top of that, by working on your flexibility and your balance, you're reducing the chance that you're going to fall. And so no longer are you going to fall. And then if you do fall, your bones are strong enough so that you're probably not going to break something.
2: That's a very strong message, and it's a very important one.
3: And it's a hopeful let- one, because I think that there was always this thought that we, as we got older, then there was nothing else to be done. And that's not the case. So we are always growing and changing in our body, and we can most definitely prevent illness and prevent ourselves from, from getting hurt.
2: Right, okay. Now, I want to switch slightly to something else that you, you mentioned, and that is well-being and quality of life for family caregivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what are the most challenging of the challenges that physical unfitness creates for that, that feeling of well-being, that quality of life that matters to family caregivers and the family as a whole? Alicia?
3: yes yeah, so you 're as i mentioned it 's not only physical it 's psychological as well, and so quality of life is linked to us feeling happy and good as well as our our ability to be independent and do tasks on our own and so what ends up happening is when you are not physically active, you are losing your quality of life you 're basically you're not only becoming more psychologically I, I don't want to say damaged, but it's almost as though your, your mood levels go down, but also your mobility and your ability to live becomes decreased.
2: Now, does that mean then that the kind of things that you would have done before as a family caregiver um, become difficult and add to the stress and strain that exists already in the duties that they're the caring that they're providing for their family members. Is that right?
3: Yes, yes, definitely. So as your mood levels go down, you no longer have any sort of zest or energy for life, so you don't want to do the tasks of taking care of anybody else because you find it hard to even take care of yourself. And so um, it becomes harder and harder for you to manage somebody else because you cannot manage your own health and your own um, well-being. And so everything becomes a task and a chore. And not only that, it's that cycle that we were talking about before. You start to feel guilty about it because you understand that something is happening. And so as you feel guilty, you get more depressed. And as you get more depressed, you start to isolate yourself more and you find it more difficult to uh, take care of anybody else.
2: So again, this is a question. What's actually happening is a kind of unfitness of mood you, you get less and less uh, able to do things, and less and less cheerful, less and less outgoing, less and less active. Mm-hmm. Um, and your mood suffers accordingly. Is that right?
3: Yes, that's correct. So uh, there are high correlations between individuals that are not physically active and increased depression. So if you do not exercise, I think it was one study I was just reading a few days ago, you have a 1.5 times greater chance of suffering from depression, for example. And so you just, when you're depressed, um, you just don't want to do anything. You just want to stay in bed, and but you know that you can't because you have to take care of somebody else. And so it, it just becomes more and more of a challenge.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And those challenges are difficult enough without the kind of things that you've just been talking about creeping up on you. Um, and that's why the kind of regimen that you're talking about becomes so important now we do have to take the break again it's that moment of time so we'll do that now this is Dr Gordon Allery, and my guest is Leisha Jones you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and the CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio please stay with us we will be back
0: There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat Jr., President and CEO of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety.
1: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Alicia Jones. Our topic is fitness for busy family caregivers. Now, Alicia, let's talk about the ways in which fitness training helps family caregivers in overcoming the fitness-related challenges that you mentioned in the previous segment. And so here's the first question. How does fitness training help overcome the most challenging of those challenges you were speaking about that are experienced by family caregivers who are still in school or who are adults in their prime and who have jobs. How does fitness training help overcome the challenges? Alicia?
3: Okay, so just to reiterate, uh, when we were discussing the, the individuals that are in school or work, we were mentioning how much stress they go through. So they have on a double load of stress and depression and anxiety. And there is a strong correlation between fitness and exercise and a decreased level of stress anxiety and depression. And not only can we see that in mood studies, but we can also see that in those somatic symptoms that we talked about. So those symptoms of our body that are inside those those things like the increased heart rate and the increased blood pressure and the increased muscle tension, all of those things are decreased. So this is, this is demonstrated in many, many studies that those symptoms of those somatic symptoms are all decreased when we exercise and the number one thing that decreases is that muscle tension so I know we have all felt stressful muscle tension that that stress in our neck and our shoulders and that decreases when we exercise specifically aerobic exercise and it doesn't need to be intense aerobic exercise it can just be moderate walking with intention and when we do that the tension is reduced and we're also reducing our heart rates and we're reducing our blood pressure over a period of time. So it's really important for us to to exercise to reduce these symptoms of stress and anxiety and depression. And in fact, they have shown studies have shown that your anxiety will decrease immediately after aerobic exercise and up to four to six hours after the exercise has happened. So if you're going through a very stressful event, and you can get away for even half an hour to do something moderate, like going for a walk, then you can benefit for up to four to six hours of a decreased anxiety, which is amazing.
2: Now, here's a, here's a kind of really loaded question, but I'm still going to ask it you. And that is that, People who go to the doctors, and I'm a retired physician, mm-hmm. are complaining of symptoms of anxiety or depression. Will receive medications, and the medications mm-hmm. will work from time to time. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that what you're saying is that fitness training and fitness of the kind training of the kind that you've been talking about mm-hmm. actually does, in the short term at least, um, on a daily basis or a weekly basis produce the kind of benefits that people look to medications to produce. Is that right?
3: Um, It really, to be quite honest, it depends on the level of depression that you have. So if you're suffering from mild to moderate depression, then yes, absolutely. And in fact, it may take up to nine weeks before you start to feel the effects of increased happiness or reduced stress anywhere from 9 to 10 weeks, actually. And um, so if you're suffering mild to moderate depression, then doing this exercise program can actually reduce your symptoms to almost nothing or nothing. But if you're suffering from clinical depression, then you do still need to take medication, as you know, I'm sure.
2: Yes, that's a very important distinction. In other words, when it becomes, that the depression actually becomes an illness, it may need medical treatment. But what it sounds to me as if is to be the case that if you're looking after your fitness and taking fitness training, Mm -hmm. then the chances may be reduced of you getting that far down the depression pathway, but instead going back in the other direction and um, resuming your healthy attitudes to life and things like that. Yes. Oh,
3: sorry, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, Um, I'm just watching the time because I I warned you before, this is a bit of a tyranny and I've got a couple of more big questions for you. So we'll go to this one first. How does fitness training help overcome the most challenging of the challenges that unfitness creates for family caregivers who are themselves seniors or who themselves live with health challenges of their own? Please talk about that.
3: Okay, so I think um, we discussed a little bit of that earlier when we were saying how you can increase your bone density. So you can increase your bone density and reduce your chance of falling. Um, Once again, you can... You can increase your mood. So what ends up happening in a lot of times, especially for retired seniors, um, they end up starting to isolate themselves, especially if they have to take care of somebody else. And so by creating a fitness program where you have somebody else coming in to help you with that fitness program, um, you're increasing your mood as well, but you're also having time with others and you're able to socialize and think about something else that isn't just the immediate situation that you're in, which is taking care of somebody else all the time. Um, which can be taxing at times. And not only that, but um, you're, you're really reducing your chances of falling, as we discussed, by doing balance and, and flexibility. And you're, you're increasing your quality of life and the ability to take care of somebody else. Right. Would
2: you go so far as to say you're also increasing your independence in the sense that you can do as a senior the things that you know you have to do and you want to do and that creates a sense that you're in control of your life your your independence is supporting you and that fitness training does lead in that direction
3: is that absolutely right? Absolutely. You can do everything that you still still want and need to do. You're completely independent, but you're also able to take care of the other individual that you need to take care of at the same time.
2: Right. Now, again, this is a bro- very broad question, but it's talking about well-being and quality of life of family caregivers because you've made it very clear, and I completely agree with you, that um, life can become very, very unrewarding for family caregivers who are exhausted, who are um, getting depressed about their situation, who feel that they're not doing the job they want to do or feel guilty. And all of those things, those feelings undermine the well-being and quality of life of the family caregivers and sometimes of the family as a whole. So please talk more about how fitness training over- helps overcome those challenges.
3: Um, Well, first off, I I really want to say that when we're talking about fitness training, it doesn't only have to be about very high exertion exercises, because I think a lot of people automatically think that you have to work yourself really hard when you exercise. And a lot of studies demonstrate that you only need to do moderate intensity exercise. And that's very important, because basically, if you go out for a walk and you're walking with intention, like you're walking towards that food that you love and you want to run towards it as fast as you can, but you don't want to cause attention to yourself, so you're walking. That That's the type of exercise you need to be doing, so it's not heavy exertion that we're discussing. And I think that's important because a lot of people need to know that they do not need to work so hard that they're out of breath and, and feeling horrible. And because that in itself doesn't make you feel very good. But, um, again, it's, it's basically by doing these moderate exercises for 9 to 10 weeks can increase your mood level, that reduce your depression, your anxiety level, make you feel like you have a better quality of life, that you're independent, and um, it's basically overall going to help you take care of whoever it is that you need to be taking care of. You're going to have increased energy. You're going to have an increased self-esteem. You're going to feel better about yourself. And, and that's, that's really what it's all about.
2: Right. Now, there's, as you know, there's interest in respite or respite for family caregivers. That is giving them a bit of time off, um, perhaps, um, by... Somebody else coming in to look after the family member or perhaps they and their family member, if that's possible, going somewhere where they can s- sit and talk with other people. And that's a kind of rest situation. Now, please tell us how respite respite, and fitness training fit together. Do they fit together? And if so, how do they fit together? Alicia?
3: I think they fit together because they give the individual time just for themselves. So specifically, I come into people's homes. If they're able to get away, I can also um, see them in a a fitness facility as well. But um, sometimes when they just are able to go away for an hour in their own home and just talk with somebody else, that is an outsider. So me coming in and, and exercising with them, discussing other things in their lives that are going on, it gives them that break that they need. And it's a mental break, basically. Like they're they're not just overwhelmed and consumed with this one issue that is occurring in their lives. They're able to discuss everyday things, and um, it increases their mood, and it increases the their ability to socialize and, and to just feel human for a little while.
2: Now, would you go so far as to agree with this, that the fitness training you're talking about, which avoids stressful muscular activity, of the kind of thing you see on television, which, with people straining on their um, um, bicycles, their exercise bicycles and lifting heavy weights, that you've made clear is somewhere else that's not the kind of fitness training you're necessarily talking about so what i want to lead you into is this question does the fitness training in the way that you do it also offer itself by itself a sense of respite respite for family caregivers what do you think
3: I think it does. Like I said, um, I come in, uh, I come in, I hopefully with my positive outlook and attitude on life. And um, I discuss things that, like I said, we're discussing fitness or health or specifically the individual. I provide a support system for the individual. And and uh, I give them a chance to have a break within their own environment. So um, basically, it's just one hour that it's all about them. It's not about anybody else. And I think that that is such a wonderful break, considering that they're constantly giving their energy to everybody else to care for everybody else. And it's time that they are taken care of, that they don't need to worry or think about anything. And it's one hour of complete relaxation. Well, not technically because they're working out, but (laughs) uh, mental, mental relaxation in the sense that they don't need to worry about what's happening, what's next, what's going on
2: right this is in other words for them and them alone and to enable them and that's exactly yeah okay now on that optimistic point because it really is we'll take the break this is dr gordon my guest is alicia jones you're listening to family caregivers unite on the voice america variety and empowerment channels cjmp 90.1 fm community radio please stay with us we'll be back
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World,
4: or Android Market.
0: American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater, as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Are you a homeowner or hope to be one? looking for the best deal, or a stress-free sale. Tune in to House Talk and keep from making a costly mistake. Host Duncan Smythe will guide you through the painstaking and maybe profitable real estate process, giving you tips on everything from listing and staging to negotiating and home inspections. Overwhelming? It doesn't have to be. Let House Talk help you. Tune in Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel
1: what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at org. Now, back to family Caregivers unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Alicia Jones. Our topic is fitness for busy family caregivers. Now Alicia, let's talk about what more you would like to do and you would like to see done to bring more help to family caregivers through fitness training. So first question then is what more would you like to do To bring more help to family caregivers in the way that you you already bring it. Alicia?
3: So, uh, first off, um, I do a lot of community events that are free in general so that everybody can enjoy health and fitness. And I would love for family caregivers to reach out to me and let me know what they would like to do as a community event. Um, And I could hopefully get everybody together and do a community event specifically on family caregivers and what they need from me so maybe a fitness class where uh, individuals can meet at one specific house or at um, a specific location so if if individuals could reach out to me and let me know that they were interested in that then I would most definitely put it on Um, also I would love to know in general what other family caregivers would like from me I think personally right now um I'm providing in-home fitness and outdoor fitness as well. Um, I provide flexibility and support for the caregivers so that they can work out at any time. Um, And I do offer the community events so that they can exercise if cost is an issue and so they can do that for free. And I offer discounted training specials as well so that everybody can afford it. So at this point, I think I'm covering most of my bases. Like I said, I would love to do a community event Specifically for family caregivers, but I, I really need to, to get a little bit more information from them and and to know what it is as you as the family caregivers need from me. So if, if individuals feel comfortable e- emailing me, or um, I, I think it's on my website is my email address. So we see at destinationfit.ca, and uh, just give me a little bit more insight as to what you need so I can help a little bit better.
2: Right. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, you're looking for information. You've made that very clear. Mm-hmm. What you want is input on the additional things that family caregivers need, the kind of way they need them. Very important. Exactly, now, yes. Next question is, what more would you, you like to see done by healthcare and social systems to bring more help to family caregivers through fitness training? Alicia?
3: Well I think first of all when dealing with the health care and social systems I think the government needs to be discussed a little bit even if it's a, a touchy subject because preventative health care is currently being taxed so as you know a few years back the HST came into effect and all preventative health care streams such as personal training nutrition fitness memberships they were all taxed HST and as preventative health care systems so as making you, the family caregiver, healthy enough so that you don't end up in the hospital and in the the, the long term health care system. You need to have preventative health care that is not taxed. And you also need to, to to get some sort of adult fitness tax. They're they're currently looking into implementing an adult fitness tax where we get back money for working on preventative health care. And so we need to start doing that. We need to work on preventing the diseases that are going to happen to us and start taking care of us before we end up in the healthcare system. And I think that's the number one thing that we need to be doing. Uh,
2: Very interesting and very important. And that is that sense of seeing what you're doing and what other um, people who are providing the kind of services that you're talking about, you're providing, (laughs) are doing. Because in fact... By helping family caregivers, this is saving the health care system money, isn't it? This it is-, is.
3: It is. Right now in 2013, there, the provisions are that um, the health care system will have exceeded $211 billion. So That's in is, Canada, yes. In, yes. in Canada, in Canada, yes. So that is a lot of money. And if we could start taking care of the preventative health care, then I, I'm, I am sure that that amount will decrease. And I think right. that that would make the government very happy, <laughs> <laughs> as well as the family care givers. So yes, yeah.
2: Now, last question for you is this: What's your message? Your message to family caregivers about caring for themselves through fitness training, Alicia?
3: So I, my message is that I empathize. As I mentioned, I, I did grow up in a family that had my mother as a family caregiver and watching it firsthand, I really empathize with how difficult and how taxing it is both psychologically and physically and how difficult it is for you to find time for yourself. Um, But in the long run, even if it's in your home and it's half an hour sneaking away into the basement or doing a squat against a wall while you're taking care of somebody, anything that you can do for yourself to take care of your health in the long run really will increase your energy. It will increase your mood. It will make you happier and more energetic to continue working so hard at taking care of the people you work hard to take care of. And, at any time that you need help, do not hesitate to contact me, even if it's just to get a little bit of information and um, and maybe a game plan for moving forward. It is complimentary to do a consultation.
2: That's, that is a very strong message to, to finish on. I um, would like to applaud you for that. And I'd also like to make a comment about what you've said before about the, the need to hear from family caregivers, and there's an interesting link because family caregivers are not receiving the kind of support that they need um, they're not getting the recognition that they deserve for what they do and they are too often basically not taken much notice of now in that sense they have a political problem in that they need to get their voices heard to get the politicians and the healthcare specialists and all the rest of them to understand what family caregiving is about so that family caregivers are seen as part of the healthcare team caring for (laughs) family members. And it seems to me that, Alicia, you and people like you are walking and should be walking arm-in-arm with the family caregivers to get recognition for the kind of services that you're providing, Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of recognition of the value of those services, and the kind of recognition that says with these services, family caregivers are going to be empowered to do more and better and this is a hard work to go on subsidizing the healthcare systems in the way they currently do. And it seems to me then that you have a very interesting challenge that is to organize. Uh, this is me being a little bit political, but here goes uh, organize yourselves, your colleagues, in. Uh, conjunction with family caregivers and basically get your voices heard to, by the politicians, by the specialists, by the physicians, by the nurses, by the, all the professionals who are around saying, look, we're doing something very useful, support us, recognize us and value what we do. Value the family caregivers for what they do and value people like you, Alicia, for the kind of support that you're giving family caregivers, whether it's in a form of reasonable exercise, respite, the kind of counselling that I think you're doing. I, I, I hadn't actually asked you that question directly, but it mm-hmm. comes through that you're actually counselling people in, in a healthy way of life that's going to suit them, help them and get them moving forward uh, rather than In other directions that aren't favorable to them. So all of that makes me say this. I'd very much like to do another episode with you in the, in due course, talking about more about how we get our communities organized to achieve the things that you've been talking about that you want to do Mm -hmm. and the things that family caregivers also want to do. So I like the idea of walking arm in arm. For political purposes. Now, unfortunately, we've come to the end of this very valuable and excellent um, recording. This excellent episode. So, I want to say thank you for sharing with us all your insights thank and your you. experience. Okay, and I and I want to wish you every success in your work. Okay, thank and you I want- very much right and i want to say thank you to our listeners we'd like to hear your comments and feedback on this episode and also if you'd like to reach out to alicia please do so through the <clears> um, through the website and from our listeners i'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show our next episode will be government spying and genetic information privacy please join us same time same spot on the internet talk to you then